You think this gigantic flask has anything to do with this video? You're fucking wrong! Hit that music! So, uh, I know we like a great variety of music, you know, we're not stuck on one genre alone. Mm-hmm. Well, it's got a job. I was full of piss. <laughs> yeah, I was. Probably should have checked, but anyway. <coughs> anyway, uh, yeah, man, uh, we're not stuck to one specific genre. We like a wide variety of things here at $10 Slimer. Although, I guess at certain times we like something more than the other, which... Obviously gives way to the notion, like most people, we have bands that we absolutely love. And if we have that, at one point or another we thought, man, there's, these guys and or girls can do no wrong. But then comes that day when they disappoint and you're like, man, ooh, this wasn't right, that good. great. So uh, the question I have for you is, do you have any moments like that in your history? <clears throat> yeah. I got this uh, most recent one. <clears throat> I've been going to through the Creedence, mm -hmm. I like them quite a bit. Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yep, uh, Clearwater. Just to <laughs> just to clarify your weird little alien speech you the had C there. The CCR. Yeah, CCR. Been listening to them. Been listening to all their little albums, and uh, I got to the uh, last one. Woo! It's a stinker. <laughs> <laughs> now I do want to stress that the the good songs are the ones that John Fogerty wrote and performed. All the other ones. Can suck my cock dry. And uh, it's made even worse by the fact that there were being little, little complaining little turds wanting more screen time and more, like, attention on the, on the, on the, on that final album. And so our boy Johnny F was like, all right, you can have it. You can, you know, I'll only do four songs. All you assholes can do the rest. Did it. Sucked. Got critically destroyed. And then the freaking band broke up. So that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a followed by dead silence. It's that's a really, funny. It's a really bad. It's a bad album. It's the only one I don't have, and I do want to get it. I just don't want to pay more than freaking ten bucks for it, because it's not good. It only has four good songs. Yeah, that's always a bitch when you want to complete something, just because you like the band and the performer, but you know it sucks so much ass that you're unwilling to pay anything for it. Yeah, and you, and you pray for the day you find it at some secondhand shop in perfect condition. No so one wants this one. Fuck! It's freaking sucks, man. It's like it went. It took all the cool little like you know, freaking John Fard. He has a ugly voice, but it's kind of intense in that good way. A little, you know, a little rocking little sixties uh, intense voice. Nope, just replace it with these assholes who can't sing worth a shit and don't even have that little intense voice. They just stink. Not only that. But freaking John Fogarty, one of the few songs he does perform in it is a cover of Hello, Mary Lou. And he sounds bored as shit half the time. Probably because he knew that the rest of the album was going to suck and didn't even bother to make it a good cover. It's not a good album, is what I'm saying here. But, at least it's still the band. <laughs> Ooh, this other story uh, is uh, one time I bought a Stray Cats CD from the Dollar General. <laughs> Always a good mark. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this was during the phase where I was get really getting into that style of music. So I was like, hell yeah, dude, five bucks. Let me buy that shit. Live album, which is already bad. And this was a ooh, this was a now bad. You have, you have an aversion to live album. I don't like live album, which I may have contributed to. Uh, 
because I've ragged on them before, but there are like tons of great no, there are live great, yeah, there are great live it's albums. It's just this specific one was fucking shit. sucks. It was a, it was some freaking recording in the back woods of Missouri. I don't know what that means, but uh, it was clearly in some bullshit ass bar or something, and some asshole had his little freaking cell phone out, even though it was the '80s, and it just sounded like crap, like. Me farting into this mic would have been a better recording of a Stray Cat song somehow. <laughs> I put that baby in and was like, ooh, this is a stinker. Broke it in half, shat on it, and it sounded better. Uh, and my final story of that, ki- of, of that kind of purchase was uh, I bought a Mortarhead album once from Kmart. Let's just say uh, you're uh, the the places you select into music. <laughs> let's, let's just say stuff into question. Here. Let's just say this is probably the only reason Kmart went out of business because they freaking sold this freaking CD that sucked my dingling dry. It was again a live album, and Lemmy was clearly on his 18th Jack Daniels or some shit, <laughs> freaking dead. It's probably recorded now when he's in the grave. Freaking asshole, you could barely understand. It. Like, and again, it was recorded on that shat on mic. So, those two are the worst purchases I've ever made in my life. Or are they? Nope. Spaghetti Incident was. Yeah, see, and that one had no excuse. That was a studio album. Now, if you don't know what the Spaghetti Incident is, it's a covers album from Guns N' Roses. Which, personally, I don't enjoy Guns N' Roses. I enjoy some of their songs. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'm not a Guns N' Roses fan. Uh, I damn near hate them. Or really, I hate Axel. Axel. But, just the music alone... I'm not big on it. I do enjoy some of the songs, though. The reason why I bought that, that album... Shit. The reason why I bought that album is because you had a album... Uh, Use Your Illusion too, Which yeah. I really liked, and yeah. I thought that was a cool album. So I saw this baby at Lena's, and <laughs> I was like, hell yeah! I was being uh, a little... Her, her, her Cumbia King's loving daughter was hitting on me, and I was like, hell yeah, I'll bite this, I'll bite this spaghetti incident. Got home, listened to it, Vomited in my own ears, so I would stop listening to it. Broken in half, chat on it, and it sounded better. <laughs> that is one of the worst cover albums, fucking ever. It was man. so bad, dude. First of all, the name and cover alone make you detest it. Yeah. It's literally just spaghetti on the cover. Yeah, and the name Spaghetti Incident. I get it. It's a covers album, all kinds of covers. Fucking sucks. Terrible. Terrible. Just a, the worst person backslash band to cover any material that's not their own because shit wants that style mixed with anything else anyway uh i have a few uh mine's my first example is kind of in reverse mm-hmm. i discovered this band which is one of my favorite bands and that's arch enemy i discovered oh, this yeah. band uh, uh oh man i can't remember the fucking name of the album but anyway it was the first album with angela gossow as the lead singer and as far as i knew there was no other album before that you know i thought this was the album you know and uh listened to it immediately fell in love with the band bought all their other stuff at that you know at that precise moment uh, i think they had just released doomsday machine uh anyway i, I bought through all their stuff and, and i love the band to this day they've since changed the lead singer to Alyssa white clues <clears throat> who i also uh greatly enjoy as a lead singer uh, which is rare, you know, when the band goes from one singer to another, sometimes that's an iffy, <coughs> iffy change. It could cause you to hate the band all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Well, that wasn't the case with this. But then, before Alyssa White Glues came into the picture, I was like, Angela kicks ass. Band's great. Liquor butthole. Definitely liquor butthole. Uh, and then I was like, oh, what the hell? They used to exist before uh, Angela Gossel? 
So I looked those albums up, and it turns out I had already heard them before. I was with a friend. He says, hey, check this band out. And I was like, I was harsh on that fucking band. I was like, fuck, man, that shit sucked. <laughs> and uh, he agreed with me, but when I discovered, so to speak, Arch Enemy again with Angela Gossow, uh, I went to him again. I said, man, I discovered this band. They're fucking badass. Listen to them. And he's like, what's her name? And I go, Arch Enemy. And he's like, you mean the band that you told me sucked ass? And I'm like, what? And that's when it all just clicked mm. into place. And I was like, wait a minute. So I did a little bit more research and I found out that they had a previous uh, singer, a male singer. And uh, I, I said, you know what? I'm going to be fair. I'm going to revisit this stuff. And it's it wasn't all terrible. It's just that it was more of an instrumental band. And the <clears throat> instrumental shit is badass. It's, it's downright jaw-dropping. The Amat Brothers are great musicians, guitarists. And all that stuff was great. It's just the singer and the topics. You know, it was one of those where the albums would be like, I like two songs in it and the mm. rest I'm just, I, I can't. The, the, the lyrics and, <clears throat> and the singer just are terrible. And I know there's people that still like that guy. I can't even remember his name. And that's fine. But I still can't get used to him. It's like in a fact, Faith No More situation. Yeah, exactly. And, mm. and in fact, it was with... Uh, <clears throat> Angela Gossow did a covers album of old Arch Enemy stuff before she came on. And I love those versions of the fucking songs. It was just that guy. I, for some reason, he's a complete stinker. But uh, yeah, so that was kind of like in reverse. But I'll tell you one that was forward. I'm all about the Misfits. I love the Misfits. Have always loved the Misfits. Mm. I even love the current incarnation of the Misfits. Even though Jerry Only should probably just stop fucking with shit. Although he's getting better. So that's good. But still... I love the Misfits, but mostly I love the original Misfits, you know, with Danzig at, at the lead and uh, basically orchestrating everything. And uh, he eventually gave up the band and went on and formed uh, Soen, who a lot of people know as Samhain. Uh, now, Soen had a very lo-fi approach to the recording. And it's not that the music was bad, it's that, fuck, man. You know, like, me listening to their music live and then trying to perform it here would be better audio quality. Yeah, it was really bad audio quality. And if you know punk, which the Misfits were, horror punk, albeit punk, that's part of the uh, appeal of punk, that, it, that it's self-made, that it's, that it's lo-fi, that, that, you know, these people did it for the integrity of the music, not for some corporate greed or some shit like that. That's the punk appeal, though. Someone was supposed to be a step up. And it's like he decided, you know what? I'm going to up my credibility by turning every dial down to shit level and record that. And it sounds like a fart most of the time. <laughs> I mean, it's muffled. It's it, You can barely hear his voice, which already was a problem with the Misfits sometimes. You know, it's just awful production quality. Uh, but you know what? It still wasn't so horrible that I hated Danzig. And he went from Sowin to form Danzig when Rick Rubin, the, the mega producer, found him. Was like, hey, maybe we should actually listen to your freaking voice, you asshole. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and the thing is, there was a voice to listen to there. Danzig has some impressive vocals, some very unique vocals. And Rick Rubin was like, yeah, exactly. What the fuck, man? Carnation Need to put this barrels. shit up front. Yeah, and if you know Rick Rubin, Rick Rubin strips people down to the basic core essentials. 
and then records that. And that's what he did with Danzig. He stripped them down to the voice and basic instrumentation of metal, and they produced together four albums that are considered legendary. Danzig, Danzig 2, Lucifuge, How the Gods Kill, and Danzig 4. Classic fucking metal albums. Get them now. They're awesome. But then Danzig, in all his wisdom, decides, hey, you know this guy that took me from a punk legend to a legitimate artist? I'm just going to say, fuck this guy and produce my own shit because I know better. I don't need his little beard. I don't need a little beard. I don't need his weird hippie ways. I don't need none of that shit. I don't need the fact that he's a legendary producer. I'm just going to do this on my own. P.S. I'm not, I'm not even going to continue in the vein of what I was doing and everybody loves. I'm going to do my own thing. Now, I have respect for any artist that dares to defy expectations and do something different. Respect. But here's the problem with Danzig, okay? He came literally from a self-made style of music. He taught himself. He did things himself. He was not that well-versed mm. to go into what he did next. And what he did next what was what was popular at the time, which made me kind of disrespect him too because he didn't just do something unique and different he did something that was popular at the time and at the time industrial metal was popular because of nine inch nails being so big at, at that particular moment so that's what he decided to do with a fucking album danzig five black acid devil shit <laughs> ah, this was one of the most infuriatingly shitty sounding albums of all time first of all as an industrial album it fucking sucks this is a man who thinks that this is what industrial is about and, and thinks it sounds cool. It's but like it really old, sounds like an old man yeah, trying like to do industrial. geezer trying to be cool. Yeah, and he wasn't even old then. That's the fucked up part. But it sounds like a 60-year-old man tried industrial. And then on top of that, despite having all this knowledge already behind him, he decides, hey, I'm going <laughs> to shroud my voice behind effects. Uh, layer on all these synthetic effects over my voice the voice that made me famous i'm gonna just just hide it behind all these effects make the music so loud that you can barely <coughs> hear me half the time uh and, and by the way all the songs are gonna suck except for two and one of them is gonna be a cover song that album fucking disappointed me so fucking bad man and here's the thing black acid devil is hard to find probably because he's like fuck this shit i'm gonna bury this in a vault somewhere but it's so hard to find that I sought this album out, like, like you know, the Holy Grail or some yeah. shit. I finally found a copy. And, uh, man, I regretted that crap. You were like, whoop. When I burned that shit onto my library, I just burned those two tracks. I, you know, I, and I've never even gone back to listen to the album past the, you know, handful of times that I listened to it. The follow-up, thankfully, was a little better and thankfully went away from Industrial. Uh, but he didn't fully come back into form until, until Danzig 7. Uh, 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 e. which unfortunately had him doing this his little claws. with his little claws, but you know, at least it was back to form. But yeah, man, that was a big fucking disappointment for me. I was like, the f what is this, man? What made you think that this was going to be a good change right here? It's fucking terrible. I have one mm -hmm. um, that's that is actually following that structure and not just me buying shitty copies of or shitty versions of the cool music. <clears throat> it was a uh, it's a band I've talked about before, and a band I'm not super proud of loving. But uh, it's uh, my boys, Aqua. <laughs> and uh, I don't even remember why we st we started listening to it. But we saw a couple of vids, and you were like, you know what? This ain't that bad. And then we remembered our boy, Guardian, had the CD yeah. for some ass reason. 
the reason being he liked Barbie Girl and thus he bought the album. And we told him, hey, bring it over. And he's like, these assholes are freaking mocking me again. And then you're like, no, for real, bring it over. Took some convincing. Took some convincing. Uh, but uh, he finally brought it. And uh, listen to that baby. I'm like, <laughs> whoop. I'm not going to say I loved it, but it did. There was only two songs that sucked massive dinglings, but the rest I really liked. And then once I got to the second one, Aquarium. Oh. I hate that album. The second album? It freaking sucks my ding ding off, dude. It sucks so bad. And then the third one came along, and uh, uh, The Guardian imported it for $10 trillion because it's not released in the U.S. And that baby kicks ass! But yeah, the second one sucks assholes. Uh, I'm not, I haven't listened to anything past the first one, but uh, I found one thing is true about Europop. It generally all sounds the same, but for some reason it's awesome. Yeah. I don't know why. Sax guy. It just reminds guy. me of those scenes in all these European action movies where, you know, they go into that illicit, you know, dark club. Like Blade's going to be there and shit. Yeah, Blade's going to be there for some fucked reason. <sighs> uh, but yeah, so I can't really uh, venture to say that the second one sucked. So, uh, I'll leave it at that. But I get you. It's that moment where you're like, oh, man. Yeah, this is not good. And here, that's the thing. It's called the sophomore slump. You know, the second album is usually the hardest to do. Yeah. If you've had a first album that hit it big, the second album is the hardest. You have to prove yourself. You have to go beyond a call of duty. You have to step up. And uh, so few have done it well. So, the question that I have to you is, what is a sophomore album that you can think of? that stepped up the quality you know stepped up where they stepped up their game where you were like damn versus the first album shit you have any I, my, the one i can think of off the top of my head the one that brought the question to mind was uh was lord now i i i i got home and you know lord was a big thing while i was away and uh i saw a few performances of her that made me go, man, I gotta check this chick out. She, This is very interesting. A very minimalist approach to pop music. And the fact that David Bowie gave basically a stamp of approval to her yeah. was like a big thing for me. Like, I have to I have to explore this this person more. So when I listened to Pure Heroin, I was pretty impressed. I was like, man, this, this is, as Bowie said, the future of pop. Hopefully. Because pop, as we know, can get incredibly vacuous, especially here in the States. So... Uh, I was very hopeful for the second album. So much, in fact, that I was afraid, you know. And it's rare that that happens with me. Like, it happened with Ramstein when I fell in love with Ramstein. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, the second album's coming out. Stink. Uh, you know. And I was one of those few people in the States that, that knew about Ramstein before the second album. You know, so while everybody, a lot of, I shouldn't say everybody, well, a lot of people came to know him as the Duhas guys. Man, that pisses, <laughs> me, that pisses me off to this day. Oh, you mean Duhas? Yes, you fuckers. Yes, that one song that was in every fucking movie ever. Yes, that one. That's the only thing they've ever done, you asses. But anyway, uh, but it was the same concept. You know, I was afraid for the second album because I know it can make him break a, or break a band. Um, but I was so afraid of Lord's second album that when Greenlight came out, which was the first single, initially I was kind of thrown off by it. And I've since discussed it with some people that, that are fans as well. And they were the same way. Like, they got the same impressions of it, like... This is this is this doesn't feel right or something right, but I, I chalked it up to that fear having an effect on it because I, I love Green Light, uh, it's, it's by far my favorite. I mean it's it's not by far my favorite on the on the album, but 
that initial reaction was that, and then I realized that I've had that reaction before. But yeah, man, once I actually listened to the album, I was like, this chick not only stepped up her fucking game, this is a classic album. It's minted classic. And, but that's just one of my examples. Uh, uh, what, what is it? I, I looked just so I was doing a little research to see if it was their second album. Unfortunately, it wasn't, so I don't have a pick, unfortunately. That's it. <laughs> And uh, that's how the story ends. Yeah. Uh, but let's go back to the idea of somebody disappointing with an album. And I'm going to touch on somebody that Rick Rubin had a, a, a dealings with. But this was before Rick Rubin had dealings with. And that's Johnny Cash. And you and I both love Johnny Cash. And there's arrows to Johnny Cash, if you know yeah, anything about really the caster. Uh, Chicken and Blood. Uh, there's the rock and roll era. There's the rockabilly era. There's the country era. There's the gospel era. And there's the Dark Ages, and then there's the American Recordings era, which I think is his best work. And that's the stuff he did with Rick Rubin. But right before that mm-hmm. was the Dark Era, the yeah. Fall from Grace. Chicken he had black. he had been with Columbia so long that they just treated him as an easy buck, uh, an artist that they, they, they just knew was, eh, you know, that's the guy that everybody knows John Cash. Hey, just churn out another album, will you? And he, he was just uninspired, and they were forcing him to do stuff. And that's around the time we got bullshit, like Chicken in Black and that Snake song and, and all that garbage. I had a CD that had Chicken in Black. It, it, I mean, it's not something to be proud of for sure, because fuck, this was, this was an artist that didn't give a fuck yeah. at this point. And, uh, you know, already... The mu- uh, This is going to sound bad, but already the music he was producing is pretty disposable. You know what I'm saying? That There's a disposable quality to country of that era. And that's what we were mostly known for at that particular time and, and place. That he was cemented as a legend, I mean, that's obvious. you know. But that's mostly from the Sun recording era. Uh, and shortly after. And shortly after, yeah. But at this point, but he at was that point, yeah, mostly you had, known as the... It was already past the... Dark era of the freaking seventies country scene. Yeah, you know, so like, this Whoop. was just like throwaway stuff he was producing. But now this was bereft of any creative desire or anything. It was just utter garbage. So the first time I heard any of that product from that time, I was like, "Ooh, I can't even fucking what is this?" And then the thing is, it took me so long to even ever hear that stuff because. It's kind of the very, majority, yeah. The yeah. majority of the exposure that you get to Johnny Cash if you go and buy a CD is now is compilation albums or re-releases of the good stuff. Yeah, that's the interesting thing 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 that you see with artists like that. Like Merle Haggard is a perfect example of that. He has a lot of songs, but a lot of them suck because they were in that dark era. But the songs are good or badass, and the Cash is an example of that this guy never stopped recording. So he got a buttload of two, uh, kind of poop tunes. Yeah. and uh, But yeah, that was super disappointing when I first ever heard that. I was like, what is this? And uh, thankfully by then I had already heard the American recordings there and knew that he had redeemed himself and said, fuck that noise. I'm not doing that shit anymore. Mm-hmm. But still, even then I was like, man, this this happened. And it, it helped that he he was like completely unattached. To wanting to do yeah. that stuff, but it was it was that bad that I was like, man, sh- take this dog out behind the shit and shoot it. Yeah. What? Stinks. Was there, <laughs> was there any as a as a conclusion to this little vid? I don't know what the structure of it is. Is there any 
premiere or name a premiere album that you were like, oh, this is my shit, this is my new band. Oh, there's a lot of those. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, a band coming out the gate strong can be a great sign or it could be a, a sign of doom. You know, the, again, the sophomore thing usually kills, a, a, you know, so yeah. I'll, I'll mention a few that came out the gate strong and stayed strong or got better. And um, one that sticks out, at, uh, you know, just right now at the top of my head is Devil Driver, who had the, the lead singer of had previously previously been in Cold Chamber. And uh, that was a band that, you know, had a few songs that, that, were, that were fun to listen to. But uh, I wasn't all too into that noise. Um, didn't help that Sharon Osbourne was producing. We all know how that can be. Uh, and uh, ICP. And, yeah, and they had a <laughs> weird feud with ICP. That was odd. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, it, it was just, it wasn't uh, my bag. And uh, But I discovered Devil Driver at a concert. They opened a 12-hour music fest. Uh, I can't remember the name of that tour. But, anyway, uh, the point is uh, they were the opening act, and there was nobody there. And they were like, well, I don't know why they stuck us here, but uh, fuck it. All 12 of you are going to have a show. And let me tell you, I was impressed. And at that point, they had barely released their 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 first album, their eponymous first album. And uh, I went and snatched that little baby up. And I was like, man, this shit is fucking off the walls badass. And they've oh. only increasingly gotten better since then. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of them. Uh, anyone you want to throw out? Uh, yeah. I want to start with... What, this is a personal preference, I think, mm -hmm. like big time, because I know your opinion differs, and so does Guardians. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, uh, Garth Brooks' first album is his best one. Uh, and uh, there you go. From the beginning, I was like, this is my boy. And he kept his freaking quality up pretty well up until, you know, sevens. At which point, we all oh, shat on half sevens. the freaking CD. <laughs> but that first album is still my favorite, and whoop. Pretty badass. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say it's... It, I'd say... I mean, it, it falls into the category you asked in terms of it was an impressive first album and he only got He's your boy album. now. Uh, yeah, so it falls into that category. Do I think it's his best album? Uh, I vacillate between this or that. Uh, I think it's... His, I don't think it's his best in terms of musicality and his voice, um, you know, polish... I, it just kind of falls into my personal preferences of country, where it's just kind of bare bones, and he's not particularly great vocally in that in that album. But there's a kind of like vulnerability to his, you know, not so greatness on the mic. It kind of reminds me of Cash, in that he's not good, but you can really feel the desire of him wanting to be there. Yeah. And so there, in in terms of that, I think it's his best album. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good example. Uh, I would say his worst is still Sevens. Yep. Man, Woo! that was a. Here's the thing about Sevens: if you if you cut a bunch of them out, it's a pretty good album. It's a good album. It yeah. just has a lot of bad songs in it. I mean, if you cut those suckers out, you have a decent album there. Fortunately, they're still <laughs> they're yeah, still in there. They're still in that sucker. Oh, another one is is uh, Ramstein. You know, yeah. And, uh, I was first introduced to Ramstein through Hurts Allied, and. Uh, you know, it was not long after that that I was... I mean, they had already released it, but uh, it was not long after that that Zingzuk came out. 
Yeah, but from the moment I I I, I heard Hurts the Light, I was like, this is my shit. And I've been Ramstein fans ever since then. It's been a long time. It's probably the band I've liked the most for the longest time. Uh, barring tat- barring the Misfits, yeah, I have a tattoo of uh, themed of them on me, you know. But yeah, barring the Misfits, this is probably the band that I for the longest have liked. Uh, and yeah, it was right out the gate. Just a strong debut. And they've only gotten better since then. So uh, that's fucking win. Uh, I got a debut that I liked. Uh, it was a little... Well, band's kind of apparently not not around anymore, which might be good because CeeLo Green's kind of insane, and that's Norris Barkley. I freaking love their first album. It's kind of eerie if you listen to it in order. It gives you an uneasy feeling, and I and I stress that you listen to it in order because it's how it's meant to be. Each song goes into the next, and it's kind of like at times it's kind of disturbing sounding. The the weird mixes of sounds that they put in, and and at times it's kind of like fun but for the most part it's disturbing and kind of dark sounding um and you know Cielo Green you know I know he knows he's insane now but he has a pretty good like voice for that style of music fortunately only had two albums never listened to the second one that which is on me I'll be I'll fully admit it might be good but that first one was so good that I was scared to listen to that second one to this day I do have to listen to it though has there ever been a band that you liked initially oh i shouldn't say that yes has there ever been a band and or performer that their best album is their first one and they might be still good but their best album is still their first one I, I, in my opinion big bad Boot daddy their first album oh, that's is good definitely i agree with that the their first album is genuinely pretty good pretty fun it's got a freaking mr prince trap suit and shit you're like pretty good it's not. It's still not up to the quality of something like Zutsu freaking boys. What are they called? Cherry Pop and Daddies. Cherry Pop and Daddies. It's not up to that quality, but it's pretty good swing of that time. Their upon you know their other releases are. Whew. Yeah, they they, they were okay, and then. Whew. Yeah, I mean that's really an extreme example because after their initial release, that's it. That's it. They had. I'll say they have likable songs yeah. here and there, but but uh, for the as, most part, yeah. as an album, you're like, eh, that's not that's not great <laughs> at all. But yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, here's one that it's not their their quality didn't decrease like that, mm. but I still think that their best album is their first one, and that's garbage. Uh, again, I love everything they've done afterwards, and some even get close to being as good as the but first the album. One. But the first one is so good that i don't think it'll ever be i don't think it'll ever be touched by themselves that sounds kind of weird but you know what i mean uh yeah i think that's an example of one that this is just it's set in stone that that's going to be their best one yeah you know and i mean they're already far into their career and it's pretty safe to say that, that, that that's a done deal as far as that goes even though they to this day produce quality stuff yeah, first one, gout. Yeah. I hear some karaoke and it's terrible. What's the most... Oh, like, I don't know what the shit. fuck that was. What anyway. flip was that? It was my album. That's a random... <laughs> Dropping now. Can you mention any random CDs that you bought and were like, Hey, that's pretty good. I can. Kumbia Kings. <laughs> I don't really like to buy music on a lark. I like to explore first, then go and buy the albums. Uh... So, uh, really off the top of my head, I can't think of... Gumi Kings? 
thankfully I've never bought a Gumi fucking King's album. I can't think of anything I bought on Lark. I can't think of shit that I bought for reasons that are not musical that I hate. <laughs> what? Example. There's this Mexican uh, uh, pop singer from oh. the 90s called Talia. Yeah. Who I thought was smoking hot. And for some reason, that was enough for me to buy an album or two. Yeah, they're a fucking terrible album. Yeah, most of them are <laughs> horrible. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't have most of them. That's the sad part. I had a good handful yeah, of them, but did. that's not even close to most of them. That's a good point. Mexico, um, they release albums. By she's already seconds. released like 14 in the past two seconds. Yeah. So I regret that because that fucking... I got one <laughs> for you. Limite. You're a fanboy. Oh, I, like, I like Limite. No, oh, but the right. pop one. Oh, no, that was a piece of fucking yeah. shit. So, Limit is a Mexican band, and they, you know, uh, sang Mexican music. <laughs> but they're, they're, it was kind of like a regional-styled Mexican music, uh, you know, which if you aren't Mexican, you probably won't like. But yeah. the point is, I enjoyed them as that. And then they decided to change genres, which, again, as I've mentioned, I'm okay with uh, if, they, if, they, if they dare to do that. Thing is, these people were not suited to do that, and fucking shit stunk. Yeah, it was yeah, that was awful. That was not good. I mean, how do you? It didn't even make sense that genre jump. That's like, that's like Ozzy Osbourne deciding right now. Hey, you know what I'm gonna do for my next album? I'm going to do a duet with Britney Spears, and it's just gonna be whole hog high school pop. Yeah, me included. That's what that was. But this makes no sense. Suddenly they're all yeah. Suddenly they're all hip hop. Speaking of Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne led. Uh, you know, that's generally the Sabbath everybody loves the most. And I would agree, the best Sabbath stuff comes from the Osborne era. But a close second would be Dio. And I think that's the only era... Had he done more, I mean, I think he would have trumped uh, uh, Ozzy. Uh, but that's one where, like, you have to treat the band and eras because there were so many lead singers and creative directions. Yeah. And uh, the next one, oh, I can't remember. It was uh, the guy from Deep Purple did the next album. Man, I, whew, that, that album's a fucking stinker. Man, what is it called? Born Alive or some bullshit like that? Or, I don't know what the fuck. It's the one with the fucking ugly ass fetus on the cover. With <laughs> with that song. Zero, the hero. Which is the only listenable one, really. So that's good. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, yeah, I, I hate that song. What was his name? Ian something? I don't know what the fuck. Uh, but I think uh, an era of the band that gets a lot of flack that really doesn't deserve that much flack is the Tony Martin era, which has been really the one that's released the most fucking albums with Black Sabbath. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there, and I think that deserves a revisit from people that generally threw it away because, let's face it, the guy is not Dio and or, yeah. or Ozzy, so he's just going to get thrown out the window by most listeners. But... There was a lot of good shit in there, and I really enjoyed some of that stuff that they, they that they uh, put out during that era. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, fucking Ozzy, and I mean, come on, and Dio. That's a hard fucking <clears throat> follow up. Follow up. Uh, yeah, I got a final <clears throat> final music related question to end this little vid, and that is, can you name one cover that is better than the original in every way? song uh you want i can go let's give you some time go ahead i i i think and no i believe and if you try to freaking go against me i'll fight you 
that the California and, and, and lose and the, yeah and lose that the California raisins have the best version of Heard It Through the Grapevine known to man. Not Look, only is it better than oh you, I'm the first one to have discovered <laughs> ever apparently, yeah. but here you know amidst friends and family, I'm the first one to have come across the California raisins uh, uh, um, album. <laughs> That, that it first of all you could order this thing through Kellogg's Raisin Bran. Yeah. And I ordered it. I cut them little box tops off back in the day. Yeah. And we I were sent, poor as shit. So yeah, it was we were, like a big thing. Yeah, it was a big fucking deal. I finally got my little fucking cassette tape of the California raisins. And uh really it was a superficial thing because I thought the raisins were cool looking mm-hmm. in the commercials. They were really cool. But lo and behold, this album is full. That's not the only fucking cover, it's it's covers. Yeah, it's the just album covers. is covers. Whoever they got to perform as the Raisins, I mean, obviously they're not Raisin people, but, you know, they're, they're actual musicians. Yeah, they're actual musicians. The singer, yeah, I don't remember his name, unfortunately, but he was a pretty legendary performer. He was the drummer for Jimi Hendrix yeah. and then went on to do his own solo shit, which is actually pretty good, you know. So they're actual musicians. Yeah, at least those are some, some you know, uh, uh, studied musical legends even you might say uh, studio musicians and otherwise but they did a phenomenal job with not just i heard it to the grapevine but this entire fucking album <laughs> pretty good off the fucking easy man <laughs> this is great uh what are some other songs on it a little lean on me lean on me yeah uh, a little uh i remember <laughs> anyway uh cla- oh, good yeah classic songs from the 60s and 70s uh, soul, soul, R and B, doo wop, all that stuff, yeah. and just I know it sounds crazy, but this is one of the best cover albums ever of all fucking time, and it's the California Raisins. I'm looking up who the 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 artist was because he deserves to be known. I mean, but yes. To be fair, nobody's gonna watch this video. That's a good point. But uh, so he'll probably hate us for mentioning him, even though he's, he's dead. dead. Yes, unfortunately. But anyway, uh, I will fight anyone. <laughs> says that, that there's a better version of Heard It Through the Grapevine. I am a big Creedence fan, as mentioned in this in this video, and their version sucks my dingling compared to the California Raisins. Yep. Um, unfortunately, I can't find <laughs> I can't find who was in there. So uh, some dead guy. Some dead guy. Buddy Miles was the uh, was the singer. Classic. Uh, he was 60 when he died, and he's from Austin, Texas. So that's the information I can give you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Shockingly, one of the best fucking cover albums ever, and it's a fucking Raisins album. <laughs> yeah. Now they went out to do other Raisins album, but you got to get that first one. It's the first one, right? Yeah, yeah I believe the second one has like a couple good songs, like on the dock. Uh, what's it called? Um, sitting on the dock of the bay. There's, I'll say that too. Th- their version is the best one. And it's in the second album. The second album isn't as good because they started getting in female raisins. And the female raisin wasn't that great. Uh, but We're just f- assuming these are raisin people at this but, point. Yeah. But the first one, those raisins were freak. That freaking... The, that cover of freaking Heard Through Grapevine is the most soulful cover. And it comes from a goddamn dried grape. Yeah. It's the best. I mean, that sounds weird, but it is. Yeah. Uh, as for my answers, I think every cover that Marilyn Manson has done has gone on to supersede the original in some fashion or form. So I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, but I'm a big fan of covers. I actually, you know, sometimes for some reason just or prefer them just by nature of the weirdness of this particular artist doing this particular song. So 
I mean, uh, there's so many I can't even fucking pin one down. Uh, let me see. Uh, another one would be Arch Enemy's uh, cover of um, what's it called? Symphony. Symphony of Destruction from Megadeth. I really enjoyed that. You know, I mean, there's just tons of them. Danzig's Hand of Doom was awesome, and it was on that shitty fucking Black Acid Devil mm. al- album. That fucking his cover that album was good. Oof, an album. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, there's a, there's there's a, there's plenty of them. I, I like a lot of covers. If you want to get a if you're a metalhead and you want to get the weirdest cover album of all time, there's two of them actually, and that's Graveyard Classics from Six Feet Under, uh, which you know, if you don't know who Six Feet Under is, well then just buy the album and find out. Yeah, by having your ears destroyed, but uh, they do. Uh, a pretty extreme cover version. Uh, well, first, the first Graveyard Classics is a bunch of classic uh, rock and early metal. You know, everything from Deep Purple to to uh, what have you. Uh, that other guy. <laughs> anyway. All right. <laughs> and the second album is a straight through cover version of Back in Black, as in the whole album from ACDC, yeah. done in Six Feet Under style. You know, just, uh, yeah, covers are, are fun for me. So... Uh, I haven't come across a lot of bad ones, but then again, I'm not looking for bad That's ones. A good point. But then again, I might oh, just find out the the, the Nebraska prunes made a fucking <laughs> dude. <laughs> they're, they're the not so successful. Have you heard the cousins? Have <laughs> heard the Ohio Dates version of the first Ramstein album? It's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty good. I mean, I prefer the. Uh... <laughs> I was going for something and I couldn't find it, yeah, but anyway. Right? Uh, Bananagrams, that's what we're gonna end with, but anyway. This is, uh, let's just call this one a podcast, because it's pretty long. Yeah, pretty long. A little musical podcast for you. Uh, but anyway, this has been Ahab and Guntik chatting some fucking tune talk. And, uh, you know, I guess we're out. Hit yeah. like, share, subscribe, little notification buttons. Tell us what kind of music you like, what music we should be listening to. And we're out. What? Next to it sounds, all kinds of shit for you Everything goes inside tonight, drink up a cup of juice Two pieces of it sounds, all kinds of shit for you Everything goes inside tonight